have your Bibles with you, turn to the book of Luke. That's where we're going to be here this afternoon. Um, and we have been there for the past two or three occasions. And, and, and I love preaching from Luke. Uh, Lord, what a godly man. Uh, uh, how, he served, how he served the Lord is just so special. And, and, how, he, and how he comforted those and, and tried to get people to understand uh, uh, what Christ was really about. Uh, so we're going to be in the, uh, we at? in the fifth chapter of the book of Luke. And the thought that, that was put on my heart today that when I sat down reading uh, is simply this. And Chris, this is probably going to be the title. Who can forgive sins? Good question. Who can forgive sins? Now, if you would place yourself uh, uh, around this world in, 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 in ten different places uh, in, in the regions of, of this earth, if you would, you would probably get ten different answers. It's, but it would be according to what region you would be in. Uh, now, uh, it was a lot of people in the denominations, and uh, we talked about this, uh, they think that the priest can forgive sins, uh, or they could think uh, uh, somebody can, else can forgive sins. And, and so people have different ideas of who can forgive, forgive sins. Uh, but what I read in the Scripture is simply this. Uh, only one person can forgive sins. Uh, and, and, and he sent his son here on this earth forgive our sins. And so as we get here in the book of Luke and this passage of Scripture, I know it's one that you all know, that, you, that you've read from time to time, but it's also good to, to go back and revisit this, knowing that uh, Christ was sent to this earth uh, to not only to, to die for our sins, but to show that God itself did send him here on this earth for our sins. So uh, we're going to be in the fifth chapter of the book of Luke. Uh, we're going to be starting in the 22nd verse. And just stay safe if you would. And I'm going to read through 26. He says, But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up, took, took up that whereon he laid, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they all glorified God, and were filled with, with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Father, thank you for the reading of this scripture. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this passage of Scripture, uh, uh, we're seeing a, a man that had been stricken with palsy. In other words, couldn't, couldn't walk. Uh, had been laid up uh, most of his life. Uh, you know, in those days, if, if somebody had a <laughs> disability like that, they either thought that uh, they sinned or their parents had sinned. But they figured somewhere along the way, sin was part of the problem. So that's, that's how it was about going on. And, and this man had palsy, but he heard about this man named Jesus. And he heard what he was doing as far as healing people, the sick and the lame and the deaf and the dumb. And he thought, you know, if I could just get to him, maybe he could help me. If I could just show him that, uh, Father, I, I believe I've got the faith and I believe that you are the Son of God, but I've got to get to him. So when they went to where Christ was at that day, the great multitude was there. It's sort of like going to West Town Mall, I guess, trying to find a parking place this time of year. You better off to park at the interstate and walk over at West Town. You get there a whole lot quicker. So when he seen that great multitude that was around that house, they perceived to themselves like, how am I going to get to see him? I've got to see this man named Jesus. He could fix my problem if I just see him. So they come up with this idea that if they just get to the house, they let him down through the roof. 
Now understand, in, 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 the, in the houses or the, or the huts of those days, they were flat, and they had an access door in, in most of the houses in that region. you got to understand, it's pretty warm where this at, so it ain't like they had to have a, a lot of something to protect for insulation, so they had a way in and out, if you would. So when they got this old boy up on the roof, they let him down in his couch, if you would, which, which is interpreted as bed, and, and they let that old boy down, and, and Christ seen that man's faith. And he said to him that, 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 uh, that his sins were forgiven to get up and walk. Well, when he said that, those scribes and Pharisees, uh, they got pretty teed off about if you know what I mean, because they want to know who this man was that, that claimed that he could forgive sins. Now, I know you've got some sort of magic that you can, you can make people see, and we don't know how you do that, and, and you've got this sort of magic that you make people walk. I don't know how you can do that either. It ain't like one of these TV preachers that can heal these people, and they'll go to another town, Brother Gene, and use the same one, but they'll heal them with something else the next time. It wasn't one of them things. This was a real deal. They didn't know how he was doing that, but they did know this. He had not the right to forgive sins. Little did they know he had every right to forgive sins. See, that's why God sent him here. That was his main objective when he sent him here to this earth was to forgive sins, not to heal these people of what was going on in their lives. That had nothing to do with it. He sent him here for one reason and one reason only, and he could be the propitiation of our sins, and we could be forgiven from them when we sinned in our lives here on earth. That's why he sent him. But the, but the scribes and Pharisees, they didn't see it that way. So Christ asked them, so well, and so me saying that, why just say just get up and walk you with palsy? Would that be any different? Get up and rise, he told him, and, and, and go thy way, and, 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 and don't sin no more. And so I remember the, uh, the, the uh, harlot, if you would, uh, the horror, uh, uh, if you would, uh, when, when he looked up at them and, and it's a view that with, without sin uh, cast the first stone. And what did he say to her when no stones was thrown and, and they made their way away from him? He looked at her. He said, go. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Now, we know Murray, uh, 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 there's, there's a different story about all this, but he, nevertheless, he forgave her of her sins, knowing that the kind of life that she lived, Brother Gene, and knowing that uh, he, if he would just speak them words to her, he could change her life, and he did. How did he change our lives? When did he forgive our sins? Is that how we approach the throne of grace when, when we sit here lost and undone? Is, is that when he saved us? Or is that when he forgive our sins? Lord, as a nine-year-old boy, Brother Carnes, I don't know how many sins I had in my life. I probably had three or four, no doubt, Carolyn, but I just don't, didn't know that much about it. So did he forgive my sins that day or did he leave me to, because he knew I was lost and undone? Because either way, he knew that he was fixing a problem that I had. And it, it, I could have been the same as uh, I couldn't see or couldn't walk. He just knew that I needed to be saved and it was time. Just like every one of us. We all don't get saved at the same time in our lives. Some earlier. I've noticed some people are getting saved at four and five and six years old. And you ask, how does that happen? Don't ask me, but it happens. Damon Seal got, sa got saved when he was six years old. And he's still saved today. And he's just as saved today as he was on the day the Lord saved him. So I don't know. People say, as a, uh, well, when they come the age of accountability. When you find that out, I want you to tell me when that is, because I don't know when that age is, Brother D. Gene, I don't know if it's 90 or 9, or is it 6 or 60. I, I can't really tell you. I can tell you this. The age of accountability is when God touches your heart and leads
lead you to a throne of grace and, and repent your sins and, 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 and fess up to the fact that you're lost and undone and you need to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. Right. That's when your day of accountability is. Yeah. And it may be 90-year-old, Clarence. I don't know. I told you the time of uh, Kathy's uncle uh, getting saved at 92. Did he miss opportunities before then? I don't know that. Most likely he did. But nevertheless, he still got saved at 92 years old. So was that his age of accountability? It wasn't in the eyes of the Lord because that's when he was born again. When he was born again. Now listen, uh, we, 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 most of us got out of church after we got saved and, and, and when we knew we was lost and undone. And, and, and an important part of our life came when we was able to rededicate our lives. You know, Carolyn, most of us don't live a life in church like a lot of people. Now, I'm going to say probably 3% those who attend church today have attended church all their life. Now, it's a low number, but you got to look. That number's high. We've all had some reason of getting in and out of church. It might got mad or we just got out of the habit or just never did go. We got old enough, didn't have to go no more. That was my case. When I got old enough, I didn't have to go. And Dad didn't make me go. Guess what? I didn't go. And that's the way it was. A little bit different back in them days than it is now. It wasn't a lot to offer back in them days except getting yelled at by the pastor when he's up here preaching damnation and sin. A little different in these days. They have a little bit more to offer our children today and sort of keep them more enticed in attending church. Knowing that if you can if you can keep them in church, they might get infected by the word of Jesus. You see, that's what it takes. So you gotta you've got to touch these children's hearts and these kids' hearts. You gotta touch these adults' hearts. You know, there's so many lost adults in our world today as they are children. And we put a lot of emphasis on, on our children, but we need to start putting more emphasis on our adults in our life because, let me tell you something, they're closer to leaving this world than most of these kids are. Now, I don't know when that's going to be. Only God in heaven knows that. But we all need to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. So let me ask you this. Who can forgive sins? Jesus is the Christ. was sent to this world to pay for our sins. And I'll take that to the grave when I go, knowing that because of my faith and my belief in him, and because of his grace, his unlimited grace that he given me, uh, it's enabled me to receive my reward in heaven one day. <clears throat> When's that going to be? I don't know. None of us knows. It could be every, tomorrow could be for every one of us. But I know this, we're ready to go. The, the, the scribes and the, and the Pharisees was pretty, pretty mad because... This man named Jesus was, was, was confessing this. And he said, and he said in the 19th verse, he said, And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the house and laid him down through the top. He said, And when they saw their faith and said to them, Man, thy sins are forgiven. That's when the Pharisees got pretty hot. And I, and I, say, I don't know if he was more mad or worried. I'm going to say they was probably more worried than he was mad knowing that uh, this, this man named Jesus has come onto the scene and what everybody's been saying about him uh, is true. And, and this is definitely going to change the lifestyle that we're used to if this man named Jesus can come in and undo everything that we did in the past so-and-so years. Uh, if this man is indeed the Messiah that was promised throughout generations, uh, if indeed this man named Jesus is him, uh, we've got trouble. We've got trouble. 
because he's going to convince most of our people, if not all of them, but most of them, that he is the Messiah. And they're going to turn away from the temple because you're going to see, and we all know that Christ didn't spend a lot of time in the temple. That when he visited new cities and towns that he went into, he would do like all the prophets and the priests would do. He'd go into the synagogues and he would pray and he would teach sometimes. But he didn't go to the temple, not like where the priests would stand because that's where they had their high life, if you would. That's why Christ got so mad he walked in that day and, and he was started throwing the money changers and stuff, scattering it all around. You know, one of the few times you've seen that Christ had a temper. Yeah. And the reason he got mad because he'd seen what they turned his father's house into. Could he forgive their sins? I'd say he could, but if, I know he found a hard time of doing that, but I guarantee you could. Yeah. But what he was forgiving most of all, he was, he was wanting to forgive them for the way they had done his father's house, right. the temple. The house of David, something that was built to honor God in heaven, had turned into a marketplace. A marketplace. That'd be just like driving up down the road right here, and, they, and, and the doors would be open here on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and they'd turn this place into a rummage sale or, 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 or an auction place or something like that. That would that'd make me pretty mad if I drove by here and seen that was going on in this church. And, and I might want to come in and start going, throwing stuff around too. So you could understand the shape that Christ was in when he seen what was going on, but still yet today he forgave sins. He says, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Oh, they said, they got down to that blasphemy word. They, they was getting right down there to where, listen, uh, uh, what you're doing right here, uh, I'm going to get you in trouble for. Uh, you're committing blasphemies. Uh, and, uh, and that's against Moses' law, if you know what I mean. So uh, we're going to get you for that. Uh, if you just give me an opportunity. And he says, who is this that speaketh blasphemies? And who can forgive sins but God alone? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And that's when we started reading. It said, when Jesus perceived your thoughts, he answered, saying to them, what reason you in your hearts? In other words, why do you think this? Why, if, if you're supposed to be a man of God, if, if indeed that you're worshiping my Father in heaven, if, if, if you claim to be that, why do you ask and question this? Is your faith so little or you just don't want to believe? He said, whether it's easier to say, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk. Don't matter what I say, I've healed that man of his sins. His, whatever got him into the shape that he's in today, he is cured. Why question this? It's sort of like when, when, when he was a 12-year-old and was in the temple teaching the doctors and the, and the scribes and stuff, and, and, and Murray and <coughs> Joseph come looking for him. And, and they were upset because they finally found him after a day's journey, and, and, and they sort of questioned what was going on. And he looked at him and said, Do you not know I was about my father's business? That's what he was doing. That's what he's doing here, healing that man of, of palsy. He was about his father's business. He was doing what he'd sent him here on this earth to do, and that's heal the sick and the lame and all that was going on, but most of all, heal those that were spiritually sick and didn't know him, a God in heaven, from the free pardon of sins. That's why he was here to do that. You know, that's why he's here today. That's why the Holy Spirit is still left behind for every one of us. When the disciples was up in the upper room and, and Christ had done and sent him to heaven, he gave them something to do. And he told them to go listen. Go to the uttermost parts of the world and preach the gospel. Tell them about what you've seen and, and what you've been part of and what, and what you've been able to enjoy because I'm not going to be able to spend just a short time with you. So when I leave here, I'm going to be, it's going to be left up to you to carry the message of Jesus throughout this world. 
And then the Apostle Paul come on the scene as Saul of Tarsus. And, and when Christ struck him down on the road to Damascus, he gave him a position on this earth. He wanted him to go out and, and, and start the churches in Southeast Asia. That way people had a place to go and could come. And, and, did, and when he believed on Jesus and believed on what Christ had done, they'd have a place to go to be able to worship and praise his holy name. Just like we've got today. We have a place to go to where we can come and, and praise the name of Jesus. And, and be with our brothers and sisters and praise their name and thank him for, for all that he's done for us and means to us. Because without this man named Jesus and without him being sent to this earth to forgive us of our sins, we wouldn't have this. And he wants us to realize and appreciate this. Don't ever take uh, God's power for granted. It's nothing to take for granted of. But listen, uh, he don't boast. He don't claim to be what he is. He just sent his son for our sins. The sacrifice. See, the lamb was taken away when he sent Christ here on earth. And he says, but you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon this earth to forgive sins. Just so you know this, I'm going to show you this way. He, I'm going to tell that old boy to get up and walk. So he looked at me and said to the sick of the palace, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thine own house. What do you reckon them people thought when he, that old boy got out of that couch? And he took it, his bed, if he would, and went on his way. And they could hear him going off in the distance. They could hear him glorifying God, thanking him. God, thank you for, for healing me of, 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 of this terrible disease that I've had most of my life. I want to thank you for that. Thank you for sending your son uh, to hear all this earth uh, so he could forgive me of my sins. Uh, and I would have the opportunity to be able to walk one more time. Uh, and I promise you this, uh, I'll go to my grave praising his name uh, in everything that I do uh, because I owe him everything that I've got. Uh, just like the lame man uh, that was at the gate called Beautiful. Uh, he looked up at Peter and him and said, listen, and Peter and him told him, silver and gold have I none. But what I've got to give to you, I give to you in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord get up and walk they didn't have no silver and gold either but he had Christ just like this old boy right here it was lame he had Jesus church do don't get caught up in all this stuff that's going on in our world today please don't we still got Jesus believe it or no matter how bad things got we still got Jesus And, and there's no way this world can take him away from us. Well, yeah, we may backslide a little bit, and, and we may slip a little, and, and yeah, we're going to sin every day, but we've still got Jesus. Why do we still have Jesus? Because he's made us that promise. He's made us that promise. That covenant, as we read about in the Scriptures, that, that God made with his people, that Christ made with his people, that if we just believe in him, we can be saved. We have that promise. So they ain't never going to be able to take Jesus away from us. So don't think that they ever will. They may get him out of schools. That's fine. But if he gets them out of the hearts of the people that's in schools, that ain't their fault. That's our fault. Amen. It's the fault of their parents. And it's the fault of their grandparents. If, if they ever get to the point where they can get Christ out of their hearts, then we got trouble. Yeah, you can take him out of schools. and You can do whatever you want to. But as long as he's living right here, you can't touch him. Because if he's in my heart and I'm telling my children about Jesus and I'm telling my grandchildren about Jesus and they know that this man exists and one time he walked this earth as long as I'm telling them about Jesus he'll never die he'll never die but when we stop that's when he's going to die when we stop that's when he's going to die praise God we won't have to worry about it because we believe 
And he said, and immediately he rose up before them and took up that was he laid and departed his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed as they glorified God and, and were filled with fear. Now, why do you think they were filled with fear? What was he afraid of? Was he afraid of, uh, uh, of what power that this man named Jesus had that he would do something against him but didn't believe? Because you got to understand, even though there was a great multitude there, there was a percentage of them people there that didn't believe. They were there, Carolyn, for a reason. Not because they believed, they were there because they didn't believe. And they wanted to see what was going on about this man named Jesus. I've heard about this man for months now, and I want to see what this is all about. So you got to understand, those that had fear in their hearts, they was the ones that didn't believe. And why did, why did they have fear? Because they knew Jesus knew that, that they didn't believe. And they knew they was there under false pretenses. And they knew that they didn't have the faith, knowing that to believe in him, that he was the son of God. But I promise you one thing. Thing. When they seen that man walking away carrying his couch, I bet you they believed in. They said, listen, there's something to this old boy because I know that boy that was carrying that couch. I, I've known him most of my life. There ain't no way that that man cured him, but I've seen it in my own eyes. So what could he do to me? Somebody that's lost and undone and don't believe. Somebody that didn't glorify God. I believed in God. I believed in Moses, and I believed in his law. But I don't believe this man named Jesus is the son of God. I don't believe that. You know, that's going on in the world today. You know, you know how many people, how many denominations, Christian, religious people, by the way, your religion is sending you to hell if you don't watch it, that believes that Jesus was a great rabbi and a prophet, but still today don't believe he was the son of God, that God didn't send him here on this earth to die to be our propitiation for our sins. Do you believe that these people don't believe that today? Yeah, and it's bad enough that people don't believe in God, but those who believe in God don't believe in Jesus. How do they get that? I have no idea when our scripture specifically tells us about this. And this ain't nothing that's been altered over the generations, Brother Ray. This is the same book that's been written for, for, for generations and generations and generations and generations and generations. Since the beginning of time, this book has not been altered. Now, here in the last hundred years, they've sort of changed it up a little bit. They see tells it just a little bit different, but they've got the same meaning. Now, there's some, uh, some out there that I don't agree with, and that's why I like the King James Version. I like to say what got me to where I'm at today. But there's some of them out there that just, just don't believe that, that Jesus was a son of God. Where would that get them in the latter days? Could, if you don't believe in Jesus, can you be saved? That'd be a no. You can't. If you don't believe that Jesus Christ was a son of there is no way you can be saved. Because whose name are you going to call upon when it's time to get saved, when it ain't Jesus? What does it say? Call upon the name of Jesus you can be saved. If you don't have that man named Jesus to call upon, how are you going to be saved in this old world? I promise you, you ain't going to be able to make a phone call and that fellow on the other end of the phone is going to be able to save you. That's a fact. Or your, your family's not going to be able to save you once you leave this old world. You better make sure that happens before you die because if not, there ain't no saving you. That You've already went past the time of being saved. You've used up all your lives. As they said about that old cat, that was life number nine that you just went through and you've wasted them all. And if you've not been saved before now, it is too late. Too late. If you're not calling upon the name of Jesus, as Jesus' people, we're messing up. 
don't let the world tell you tonight, church, that there is no way that Christ wasn't the Son of God because he was. They just, they, you, don't, you can't make this stuff up. There's too much uh, history that goes with this that, that validates everything that we're reading about here tonight. And the people looked at him and say, they said this. They said, we have seen strange things today. How many times have you witnessed in a church service a strange happening? I've, I've seen strange things. Matter of fact, I might have been one of the strange things that people have seen. I don't know. But God gives us a vision to be able to see the things that he does here on this earth if we'll just open our eyes and see with our hearts. We can see these things. We don't have to be a bunch of Bible beaters that sit up here and have to beat yourself to death with the Bible for not coming to church or, or not saying your Hail Marys or whatever it is you do for, for religion. And that ain't what this is about. What this is about is simply this. If you believe in Jesus, you can be saved. Just as simple and as plain as that. So if we know that, you've got a first-class ticket to heaven along with everybody else, our brothers and sisters, that acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. The scribes and Pharisees, uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I would like to have been a fly on the wall when, 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 when Christ uh, healed that old boy. And he got up and walked away from there. I like to see the look on their faces. Just like, uh-oh, we've got problems. Yeah. We, Clarence, we got troubles. Oh, yeah. This way of life that we've been used to living is fixing to come to an end. <laughs> oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> oh, I, I, I tell you what I could do. I, I, I might be able to follow on this Jesus bandwagon. I could do that. Maybe I'll make things better and it won't bother me. <laughs> but let me tell you something. <laughs> you better do more than jump on the wagon. <laughs> Before you make that leap of faith, <laughs> you better know that you're saved by the marvelous grace of God <laughs> because that grace is Christ Jesus. <laughs> and, and as long as he's in our hearts, <laughs> we'll live a life and we'll live it more abundantly. Right. We'll live it more abundantly. As we come upon this time of year that we celebrate the birth of Jesus, I want to celebrate the reborn of us, our birth, being reborn into the kingdom of heaven. You know, people don't believe us when we say you've been born twice, but we have. See, there's two deaths in our life. There's a death of our sins and a death of this old body. And there's two births in our life, our natural birth and our birth into heaven when we, when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That's, a, that's a two most important days of our lives that we've got to look forward to. If you have an opportunity to talk to somebody about Jesus, talk to them about him. And if they look at you real funny, just act like they just don't know what they're talking about and move on to the next one. But always talk to somebody about Jesus. That's the message this evening. Who can forgive sins? Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why God sent him here to this earth. That's why the angel Gabriel appeared to Mary and espoused her with a child. And he even did the work for him, told him who he was going to call, what he was going to be called. His name's going to be Jesus. His name's going to be Jesus. Thank you.